0: low-angle photography on safari. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and in this episode I'm going to answer a question that I got recently on Instagram, but it's something that pops up quite often, and also on, on uh, photo safaris and expeditions, is the angle at which you photograph your subject. Now, just before we go there, there is a there's a, there's an unwritten rule right that if you're photographing wildlife you want to try and get to eye level with the animal and slightly lower down just just a little bit of the kind of psychology behind it if you imagine yourself sitting on a game viewer there's a lion next to you on the vehicle on next to you in the vehicle that's a problem next to you on the floor right and you're photographing down at him. When the person who is viewing your image, the person who's reading your image, when they look at that, there's a subconscious thing of man over beast. You're dominant over this thing. Compare that to, for example, if you're in a game viewer and you're standing next to a damn wall and you're photographing up at a lion looking down at you, suddenly the psychological effect changes, right? It it totally changes. It's the same as if you take pictures of young kids, for example, if you're laying on the floor and you're photographing up at them, it's kind of a weird, different, playful vibe, but if you're photographing from the top down, if they stand next to you you photograph down, it makes you feel different. It's a protective, you're you're dominant, you've got the power. So the idea of getting to eye level does make a huge difference with wildlife photography. Now, the question here, this is from Patrick, just on my Instagram. Um, please tell I'm not crazy, but I have this idea for shooting low from a safari vehicle. Um, if I put a gimbal on a monopod and I put it over the side and use a remote trigger, is this a worthy option? So Patrick, I did send a message to you. Yes, 100% it's a worthy option. There's a couple we can look at now. The, the let's start with that one, right? So there's, to me, for this episode, I've got three options for you. Number one, is the gimbal or monopod upside down out the vehicle? There's obviously safety issues, we'll talk about that. Number two, is look at your environment. Now, in a place where you have a private vehicle and a private guide, as in a private um, on a private, private reserve, you can drive anyway. Look at the environment. There's very, very, very often a way for you to maneuver your vehicle so that you're further down in a little depression or a little drainage line or something that can fix an animal's angle to you if you go down into it right and then the, fir- the, the the third one is your lens choice so let's start with the first one yours that you mentioned a monopod upside down yes 100 percent, this will work couple of caveats though which is pretty important obviously is think of safety if you are going to do that like if you're on one of my trips just talk to me we'll make it happen right because we need to look at safety is this a good place and so on and so forth if you're not with a photographic guide like one of myself or my guides speak to the guide who's driving the vehicle. Some of them will shit themselves, I'm 100% sure because they're not used to this, and they will more than likely, and they're not wrong here, they will more than likely overcompensate on the safety side and say, no, you can't do this, right? However, there are definitely instances which is doable and safe for you and for the animal. Now, let's assume it is, and that we can do a different discussion on that, but let's assume it is. The first thing you need to do is you need to understand animal behavior, because where is this thing going to walk? If it's a lion or a leopard, which is more often than not the kind of stuff you'd want to photograph like this, they often stick to roads and or game paths. Why? Because it's a warm track. It's easier on their feet. There's not as much things they have to walk through, right? They scent mark on those things. So if you have, and this is the most common one, um, let's say you've got a male lion walking down a road, one of a game drive roads. Behavior-wise says he's going in that direction. If you understand where there's a waterhole or something like that, it makes it even easier. Drive around him, go off-road if you need to. Private reserve, guys, don't do it yourself. Get to the front, position, and then get off the road so that he keeps going on his track. Then, as long as everybody on the vehicle is, 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 is aware of what's going to happen, you can drop your monopod out, but again, ask. Ask first, make sure everyone knows because the guy don't, doesn't want to freak the fuck out halfway when the line's next to you and he sees your camera and he's going to freak out. So communicate, 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 right? Then you would drop it down and the catch is this, you have to go super wide on that because you're shooting blind. So you're going to go super wide. You probably want to open your aperture as big as you can and you want to have the focus point either in the middle or full frame depending on what your setup is. Um, if you have questions, send me a DM. Uh, Patrick, you can check that. I know Mary had the same question as well. So make sure then that you're on a super wide, widest angle, shutter speed fast. There's a The best shot is probably going to be, if you imagine sitting in the vehicle, you've got your monopod tripod down on the side with him still far away, coming closer. The moment that cat's next to you and walking away from, there's very little shots, unless you want big lion balls on your shot, right? That's great, each to his own. But the best shot is just as he's kind of, if you're in the middle of the vehicle and he's at the front corner of the vehicle distance-wise, that's kind of where the shot happens. Now, keep this in mind. You would have to also be very calm and think about what you're doing, right? You might wanna rotate slightly while you're shooting with a remote trigger, right? Um, So keep that in mind. Keep in mind that you might have to move. Keep in mind your focal length, keep in mind your shutter speed and your focus point, right? There can be pretty good stuff in there. Uh, you would also have to look at the angle of which you, if you're dropping the thing down on a gimbal, up or down, where's that thing's going to face. So normal, little bit up. So if you, God, how do I describe this? If you have your monopod standing on your, on your lap, right, you're going to put the camera on it and you're going to tilt it down slightly. So that when you flip that whole episode upside down, it's pointing up a little bit, but remember you're shooting super wide so yes that is the one option where i've had very nice success with that is not necessarily with cameras i've done that but is if you have a 360 camera like the insta 360 xr or three insta 360 great little camera 360 camera so you hold, hang the thing down and you just hold it there because with that it films 360 and then you can compose your video afterwards that is phenomenal very safe there's no movement you can either bolt it onto the car as well but again, safety and communicate. If you have we can do a detailed episode if you want, but safety and that. Second is look at your environment. Now, the environment is often there's very very few reserve which is flat flat flat. The Mara, I'm just saying that because that's where I'm going next for a private guide and then for for two migration weeks, there's always rolling hills. So look at how you, look at where the animal is. Some people get lost through the lens. Don't do that, look around you and see where around you can. You put yourself in a little hole, could be a little depression, a drainage line. On the road often is better because the roads are graded down so you get a little bit of a lower angle. Look at that. And again, if you're on a private guided trip or you have a private vehicle, you can request your guide. Listen, do you mind going there because of this? 100%. Again, animal behavior will come in because if that animal's walking in a direction and it's a leopard, for example, who's been up a tree, it's been up a termite mound, very good chance as it keeps going it's going to do that again. So then plan for that. There's a termite mound. Let's go and roll the dice. Park next to the termite mound, low down, wait for him to walk up, click, there's your shot. If he didn't go up, fine, try it again. So the first one is your gimbal hanging down. Number two is looking at the environment and seeing how if and when the animal might be going higher up, but also, how can you place yourself lower? Now, that leads to getting out of the car and photographing from the floor. Again, yes, there are reserves that can do that. There are guides that are qualified to help you do that. Monopools comes to mind, right? But other reserves as well, you can do that. But again, ask your guide. If you want, my guys will be able to assist, we'll manage that process for you. But that is, don't just, please God, don't just jump out and start photographing wide angle. Not gonna end well for someone and probably be you, <laughs> okay? So look at where you can place the vehicle, and if possible, you can look at getting out next to the vehicle, like in Amboseli, for example. That's a great example where the elephants walk past, you sit next to the car, and you get the low angles. The other one where, uh, from a low angle point of view, is distance. If you have a telephoto, and most people listening to this from a wildlife photography point of view probably does have uh, three, four, five, even six or 800, right? The closer you get to the animal, the bigger the angle from you on the vehicle to the animal, right, if you're shooting any lens. What I would suggest in that instance, if it's a clear background, ask your guide to pull back. The further you are away from that animal, it negates the look and feel of you shooting down at the animal, right? So the closer something is, the further the angle is down, the further away it is, right, the more that angle flattens out. I've gotten images from from a vehicle to a male lion standing in the road, we're on the same level. Oh, well, I'm on the vehicle, he's standing, and it looks like we're eye level because of that. So remember this. If you are shooting a wide angle, two things need to happen. And this is from Svalbard recently. If you stand close to the floor, i.e. the ground or the surface, or in my instance, the ice in Svalbard, and I'm shooting a wide angle landscape, in that instance, you want to try and get higher up because the wider angle allows you to include more of the foreground and you'll get more of that when you go higher up. Okay, so I said to people, go stand on the bridge and photograph from there because then you can get those geometric ice patterns way better from the top. Same goes for a game drive vehicle. If you are gonna shoot a wide angle with an animal, you want him close and you wanna then be as high up. So for example, you'll be on the back seat, which is the highest in the game viewer, and you'll tilt down or if you're in the Mara, you would stand up and shoot from the top with a wide angle. The lower angle you want, the the, the lower uh, perceived angle you want, you're gonna come lower with a telephoto zoom and pull further away from the subject. I hope that makes sense, I think it does. So again, your three ways, very quickly. Number one, hang a monopod out upside down, but make sure you communicate this first and it's safe. Very important. Number two, look at ways that you can move your vehicle into a lower angle Um, to where the animal is right or look at animal behavior and see where that thing is going to go and position yourself for the shot often and i've said this and i'll keep on saying this look for the shots you want not the shots you have the ones you have you can bang bang you've got them but look at what could potentially happen you might roll the dice and miss but that's where the gold is right so place your vehicle in a depression or or a lower angle on the road whatever and number three from an angle point of view, pull back. Don't get as close to the animal. Pull back and use your telephoto, which will give you that effect of a lower angle as well. Now, the one thing that will obviously come up in a discussion like this is these beetle cam and robots and like little remote control cars that you drive right up into the animal's face. Um, couple of problems there. Number one, you can't do that in the majority of game reserve because there's other people around. Number two, The people who tell you it does not affect animal behavior are full of shit, and it does. I love when those things became famous, so to speak, where you would have this little lion cub, and it's like, oh, look at this cute little lion cub. That thing is fucking shitting himself, and he's pulling back into a snarl, like, right? But that's not natural. So yes, it's a very interesting piece of technology, and yes, people are using them. I just think we need to make sure that we are not pushing the boundary for our art and taking wildlife photography, making sure the wildlife in that term is more important than the photography. So would I love to play with one of those beetle cam things or whatever they're called? Yeah, I would love to, but I know for a fact it'll affect the animals. It will, done, guaranteed. Uh, I know Hannes Lochner, South African wildlife photographer, he did camera traps in the past he built one that it didn't move it was just there and he would then sit and remotely trigger them that's cool animal walks past it's a click it might look at it but a, a, a little remote controlled car that's made up to look like an elephant turd or a rock moving towards something it will affect the behavior so can it be done correctly yes it can unfortunately i think too many people have abused that for me specifically to be a viable option private reserves specific controlled areas yes but for most people unfortunately not so Patrick I hope that helps if you guys have any other questions on low angles or some food for thought please send them through Jerry Finavalt on all the inst- um, on, on all the instagrams on all the social media platforms or Um if you have any questions let me know otherwise I'll chat to you in the next episode thanks for listening guys happy low angle shooting. I will chat to you next time. My name is Jerry. I'm from WildEye. Bye for now.